Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Football Digest Extra Time. I'm Chris Wheatley, Arsenal writer at Football London, and I'm joined with Neil McClemmon, the Daily Mirror sports writer. And today we're going to be reflecting on Arsenal's game against Chelsea uh, at the weekend. It was a big result for Arsenal and Mikel Arteta as they beat Frank Lampard's side 3-1. So we're going to be talking a little bit about Arsenal and, of course, Chelsea, what the result means for both sides. So going straight into it, Neil, what did you make of the game? Um, big result for Arsenal, like I said, uh, and what did you what did you make of the game? Well, I think the Premier League's seen some extraordinary results this year with you know, Manchester United and six and Liverpool seven. But I don't think too many people would have predicted this one either. I mean, Arsenal going into this were in trouble on a terrible run. And I think most people would have expected, I certainly did, a Chelsea victory. And in fact, it was quite the opposite. Arsenal were absolutely superb. Some of the first 80 to 85 minutes and Chelsea were very poor. And what did you make of Mikel Arteta's team selection? I think a lot of fans were calling for him to play some of the young players uh, after the senior players in recent weeks have kind of let him down. He finally played Emil Smith-Rowe, a 20-year-old uh, midfielder, and... Uh, Gabriel Martinelli started as well. What did you make of their performances? And do you think it was about time that he played the, the youngsters? Well, it's sort of it's a necessity as a mother invention, isn't it? Because we had COVID, we had a couple of ex-Chelsea players, Louise and William, out with COVID or COVID-related symptoms, and so they couldn't play. So Arteta was actually forced into it in a way, and it actually worked out really, really well. I remember I was at Arteta's first press conference when he unveiled just before Christmas last year and he promised to bring this energy and a vitality to the way they played. And sometimes last season it had the FA Cup win. This last couple of months, the team that he promised, the team that the vision he sought, he promised to bring from Manchester City, if you like, just wasn't happening. And on Saturday night, that was, that was the Arteta team and the Arteta game plan, the energy and the model that he saw that and I think Arsenal fans hoped to see when he came to the club. I mean, let's face it, they were, they were absolutely terrific. They had maybe a little, little bit of luck with the penalty and how often is Xhaka going to score a free kick like that and Saka claimed he meant that chip. Well, good luck to him. But everything seems to go totally right for them for, for 80 minutes. And maybe you earn your own luck because I don't think they've been the most fortunate over the last couple of months, but it really was a, you know, an outstanding display, which could be a turning point in the season, a turning point if, when we go on to speak about Brighton and West Brom in a minute, if, if, if that momentum carries on, but it was certainly a result and a performance and a message from the player. The players certainly showed they were playing for Arteta, the club and Arteta really, really needed. Why do you think it's taken so long for Arsenal to get going this season? And why, have they been so poor in the Premier League? I think a combination of reasons. I mean, without making excuses, particularly for Arsenal, every club's had issues and every difficulty. I think last season covered up, covered up just by how many chances Obama Young took. He was absolutely little. And the, 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 the same number of chances, chances haven't been created and he hasn't as been as good. 
I do think um, we the the the, elder, the older players. I think Arteta's been. He knows that this club needs changing. The 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 the, 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 the first team needs changing, and he knows at least. You know, we're talking five or six players currently in that team aren't what he wants for Arsenal. And I think the challenge for Arteta is to move on the players that don't fit with his model and the way he wants to play by bringing in players that he does want while keeping a success. And obviously, the the balance hasn't been right because the results have been terrible for various reasons. So going back to Saturday again, that, that gave him... The belief that the younger player, that the you know, if you're like the Europa League team who have done so well, it's given him the possibility that they they can be the future of the club, that they are good enough and they can perform on the big occasion. So Arsenal have, I mean, Arsenal have performed, they pulled out performances like against Arsenal and against Chelsea in the Cup final, Community Shield, they, beat, they won Old Trafford. The challenge for them now is to sustain that level. Like not just produce great performances against the big clubs, produce solid performance against the teams that quote, should be beating, like Brighton and West Brom in the next two fixtures. And moving on to those games, tomorrow against Brighton and then Saturday against West Brom, do you think those matches could be more difficult than the one that Arteta had at the weekend against Chelsea? The fact that Sam Allardyce has just come in at West Brom and you saw the way they played against Liverpool, really defensively solid, as as we all expected. But you think those two games could be uh, the most difficult of Arsenal's kind of festive fixtures? Potentially. And I certainly think there is as important because all the talk of say this may be a turning point for Arsenal, this is this, the youngsters into the future. If they lose badly these next two games, it's back to square one. It's back to where we were just before Christmas. So, mm-hmm. got to remember about Brighton. Brighton did the double over Arsenal last year. And West Brom, Sam Allardyce likes nothing better than beating Arsenal. And the way he'll set the team up, he'll make it very difficult for set pieces, etc. So, this is a big challenge. This is the, ch- this is the challenge for Arteta and for the young players, who I assume he'll, t- he'll keep faith with, that that wasn't just a one-off. This is the way that Arsenal are going to be from now on. And you know, Brighton, Brighton's home record is terrible. And the only thing they've beat home this whole calendar year, I think, in the Premier League is Arsenal. They play a certain style that, you know, they, they were, but they, they're not ruthless. I mean, Ar- let's face it, if Arsenal want to have any pretensions of being what they, they should be beating Brighton, and that, and that, and that, in that, as you say, offers its own challenge to them tomorrow night. And then I, I guess we should touch on the January transfer window as it's coming up very soon. Do you think Arsenal need to do business in January? You've already mentioned that a lot of those players are probably going to be on their way out in the next few months, either in January or the summer. Which players do you think they should need to sign? What posi- which positions do you think they should um, sign? And what kind of uh, business do you think they'll be doing in January? Well, they'll be looking to offload players to clear the bill. Uh, Ease the wage bill, but how many of those we're we talking about? The Mustafi, the Kalashnikov, you know, the, the 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 great Ozil conundrum. How many of those players are actually going to leave the club? We'll have to see. They, let's face it, they haven't been very successful in that, in that case of, of getting players away. I think the, the bigger, I would say, they still want need a, a, a player in midfield to play along party alongside Thomas Partey. Thomas Partey is one thing that we haven't. We, we spoke earlier about one of the. One of the reasons why why Arsenal haven't performed so well, I think one of the reasons we can, we can go back to is Thomas Partey hasn't been playing regularly. He looked, he's definitely an Arteta signing. He's the way, he's the kind of player that represents the way that Arteta wants to play. So if he if he's fit and firing, I still think we could do with another of all playing midfield to play alongside him. 
So for, for long term. So whether that's going to be this January or this, you know, in, in the summer, I think we're still, we're still evolving. I mean, what, what when you look at the positive things what Arsenal did on against Chelsea. The goalkeeper looked good. The fullbacks looked excellent. The Tierney's super by. And as long as long the, the, the big the question against him is staying fit. As long as Kieran Tierney is fit, he's a super player. You know, Bellerin looked good. I know he's been linked to look 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 linked with Barcelona in the Daily Mirror today. That's an, an issue for Arsenal, but th- that looked good. You know, Lacazette looked good. So Aubameyang's fully fit. You've got three behind that, that looked really good. The, 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 the three behind the striker that looked really good. So for me, the, the biggest issue still is the, is the, the, the holding midfielders, the, those, those, the centre of the park. And then moving on to Chelsea, very disappointing result for Frank Lampard's side. And Lampard was visibly frustrated, you could say angry with his team afterwards. And he described them as lazy or the performance as lazy. What did you make of Lampard coming out after the game, uh, describing his players as, as lazy? And Yeah, I just think it showed his frustration as well, because I watched Chelsea play against West Ham on the Monday and they the score was 3-0 and that was a really flattering 3-0. They weren't that good in that. And certainly for the first 80 minutes or so, until Abraham scored those two late goals, you, you would have sought West Ham, were arguably the better team. So that's basically four games in the trot now. They have played pretty poorly. So the two they're the two away beats and the West Ham went, and now there's some, but let's say for 80, 85 minutes, they didn't turn up. They really didn't turn up. And this is a team that it shows how crazy the Premier League being that Chelsea had that long 17 game on run before that. And they've come to a pretty grinding halt. There are a couple of issues here. I mean, the big one for me is Timo Werner, who was both the West Ham game and against Arsenal was just dreadful. Just absolutely shot of confidence. That's what, nine, ten games he hasn't scored now. Doesn't look happy in the position he's played in. And, you know, that that, that is an issue that, you know, that they're going straight into another fixture against Villa. I'm very interested to see what Lampard does with Werner, whether he keeps faith or whether he takes him out for a game or two. Uh, with Man City coming up you know, next week. Uh, the other issue, I mean, I think Giroud actually maybe in his other way papered over the cracks, if you like, or he was just in such good form and scored so many goals. They don't, I don't think they look as good without Giroud. So all the money, the £250 million they spent last summer, you know, that that's, he he brings something to the team that they, they don't have when he's not there. So, you know, it's, it's funny, we were talking three, four weeks ago, you know, before this game, uh, Chelsea's potential title contenders you know outsiders and I think everyone's had a little um, had a, re- had to reevaluate that over the last couple of weeks uh, You just mentioned Jury. what do you make of him he scored those uh, four goals against uh, Sevilla recently and he's never been a regular starter really wherever he's been even at Arsenal he was towards the end of his his time there he was kind of a bench player an impact player and he's been the same at Chelsea why do you think he, he doesn't start games and, and why do you think he didn't start the weekend against his old side I think there was a certain. I think the first question this weekend. I think the rotation is that Lampard wasn't happy about playing two games within forty-eight hours. I expect to see Giroud starting against Villa in then in their next match. But that really, I think, there's a certain amount of sort of squad rotation. I think Giroud generally. I think I mean, through regard him is pretty underrated of what what he has achieved throughout his career, and also for France. I mean, he's a, he keeps he's you know, until recently he'd scored more goals for France this season. And then he had Chelsea. He's got an extraordinary scoring record. He's only behind Henri on an international level. You know, he's a World Cup winner. He's done it consistently wherever he's gone. I can only think that managers don't see him as being quick enough and mobile enough to play the way they want to play and getting in behind, etc. 
But what he does offer, I think you—you you, got to look at his strengths rather than his weaknesses. But he's he's hold plays, superb, his link play, and he's an absolutely lethal finisher. And I still I think he's got a huge part to play in the rest of Chelsea's season. And where do you think Chelsea will? Uh, where do you think Chelsea will finish this season? Uh, like we said, there was such a disappointing result, but this festive period is almost a kind of damage limitation for a lot of teams um, where it comes to congested games and players getting injured. So where do you think both teams, I guess we should talk about Arsenal as well. Where do you think both teams will finish come the end of the season? I thought it was very interesting because I, I switched on to Sky uh, the Arsenal-Chelsea game. The, the pundits were talking about that one win from Arsenal. They're almost as close to the Champions League places as they were to the relegation. So it's just how tight it is in the middle of the table. I mean, I think Arsenal, if a top six finish would be, the way they have would be good progress. And I still think, they, I think they're going to make progress in the Europa League. So that, let's face it, Arsenal, it's a transition season, it's consolidation. Chelsea, I think it's really interesting. To still, I still think it's open for them. So if, you, if you're looking at who, who's going to be finishing the top four this season, I would still say Liverpool, Manchester City, the top two. still think Liverpool are the favourites. And Man City are still where they are without playing well. After that, you know, I still think it's pitch up in the air. So you're looking at Manchester United, Tottenham, Chelsea, even Everton, the way they've been playing, are contending for that. So those those places, third and fourth place, are still really really open. I mean, I would if you had to say if I had to guess right now, I'd say Manchester and Tottenham third and fourth. But who knows what's going to happen this season? Chelsea could still easily finish in the top four. Do you think Arsenal can pip Chelsea uh, to the, a top four spot, perhaps? Or is it too think, too early to say that? I think that's asking a lot. I think that's asking a lot on on one result. I still think I feel they're not as bad as what they were in that horrendous run when they went what seven or eight games without winning. I don't think they're as good. I, I don't think they're as good a side as those other teams, and certainly not as good a squad. And what the uh, you know you're certainly you, you, the, well, I think what we've seen against Arsenal against those other teams. So we, I think I still think Manchester United, Chelsea, Chelsea, and Tottenham are better sides. And got a better squads than Arsenal right now. So I think this season, you know, and you know, come to good cup runs, you know, six maybe that's what Arsenal should be look, aiming at. Anything else of that would be at this stage an amazing bonus, I think. Neil, uh, really good to talk to you about the the Arsenal Chelsea game and both teams. I think it's uh, I think we've covered it quite comprehensively. And like you said, it's going to be an interesting uh, few games for both sides now. And hopefully, uh, we're going to see lots of good games over the next few days. So. It's been good to talk with you on Football Digest Extra Time, Neil. Thanks for thanks for speaking with me again, and uh, hopefully Pleasure. speak to you soon. Thanks, Neil.